Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different, different. This is NOCO FM. Hi, and welcome to Connecting a Better World, where we spend time meeting some of the most incredible human beings who make this world a better place. We will learn how each individual took their ideas, mission, and purpose to create and serve others in business and organizations that surround social good, social entrepreneurship, and social impact, and find out how we, together, can further connect others to help. I am your host, Dr. Natalie Phillips. Today, we will be talking with Justin Osman, speaker, author, producer, humanitarian, and founder and CEO of the Olive Osman Hearing Fund and the Hearing Fund UK. Justin was born with a severe to profound hearing loss, diagnosed at two years old with 90% hearing loss. He worked for 12 years in intense speech and listening therapy and with modern day technology, now speaks with passion and hears with conviction. Even after being told by doctors, teachers, and professionals that he would never play a musical instrument, he went on to play the violin, viola, piano, and drums. He has received numerous awards and scholarships in music, academics, and athletics. In his recently published book, Hearing With My Heart, he shares his story with the world in order to help everyone understand the struggles of living with a hearing loss and how to overcome it. He lives every day by his personal motto, I may have a hearing loss, but that hearing loss does not have me. I'm super excited to have my dear friend, Justin Osman. Justin, I know you from some of the special time that we got to spend together with you and your wife, Christy, while we served with the Starkey Hearing Foundation, delivering the gift of hearing to the people of Peru. It was such an amazing trip. And that's where I first met you. But I want people to hear who you are and hear your story. So what was it like growing up for you? And tell us a little bit more about your background. Well, first of all, a big old shout out to my good friend, Natalie. Love you. Thankful for all the wonderful work you do, for being an inspiration and light uh, to this world. I'm honored to be on your show. Uh, and yes, we had a great time in Peru helping provide the gift of so many wonderful children of the Starkey Hearing Foundation. And just when I heard you were doing this podcast show, I was like, I've been following you and hearing all of your wonderful stories and people you're interviewing. And when you reached out to me to be on the show, I was just absolutely honored and humbled uh, to be a part of your good work. And so thank you. Just wanted to make sure that was clear the air on that. But to answer your question, imagine being born into the musical Eisman family and not being able to hear. I remember growing up, you know, I had an identity crisis. You know, I wishing I had the golden throat like my family, like my dad, uh, the lead singer of the Eisman. And I struggled with that. And just not having the intonation and the perfect pitch and the hearing, just being a master musician like my, my other family members. But thanks to wonderful support, people kept saying, you know, Justin, you're just amazing just the way you are. For all you people that are listening, you can probably notice my deaf accent. And I used to be <laughs> so ashamed of, of my accent. I took 12 to 13 years of speech therapy, I mean, intense speech therapy that my parents put me through. I'm so grateful for But even to this day, I still have that accent. But growing up, I really had a hard time with that. But now, once I've accepted myself for who you are and not what I am, 
I'm so much happier with myself. And I realized and I've learned the lesson that why should it matter what other people think of you? Because that's who I am. And once you're amazing, everybody is amazing just the way they are. And so with my deaf accent, I know many people have asked if I'm from Canada or if I'm from England. And I always take it as a compliment because I love their accent. Um, But no, I'm from right here in the United States of America. And even though, yes, I do have a little somewhat of a deaf and hard of hearing accent, I'm proud of it because it's my signature. It's my unique voice that I'm so proud of. Why do I want to sound like Donya Marie? You know, I want to sound like (laughs) Justin. You know, that's, that's who I am. And with my deafness and my hearing loss, I've learned to embrace my hearing limitation and then allow it to empower me, to propel me forward and to do what I do. But anyway, I'm not sure if that answered your question. (laughs) Yeah, it brought in your family. And it's interesting because, yes, you do come from the musical Osmond family. And... Okay, I have to say, I have to tell this story. When we were in Peru, I have to let our listeners know, Justin is so hilarious because he does actually look like his Uncle Donnie a lot. Donnie, Donnie who? (laughs) (laughs) And we were doing a video. We were doing a video, and we were just kind of documenting some of the people that were there because we had bonding time. We have lots of bonding time on these missions. And everybody just sort of jumped in and had a part of this video that we made and then I come to Justin and his wife Christy and I'm like okay it's your guys's part you know you need to jump in and he's like wait 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 and he and Christy came up with the choreography to their section put everybody to shame <laughs> and I was like okay now if that is not the Osmond blood but it was so <laughs> so funny because it was so much fun but yeah you answered my question as far as kind of growing up in that family and how you've emerged into your own person which I love and how you've embraced having a hearing loss. I mean, yes, this is our world. We totally understand it. But having somebody at the age of two for you being diagnosed and then having to work really hard at your speech and making sure that people can understand you. And yes, you're still going to have the what we quote deaf speech, but you know, it's just fitting in and oh my gosh. And then your accomplishments are incredible. So talk a little bit more about just being in school and having the hearing loss and kind of going through life and to where you are right now, as far as how you got involved in giving back and creating funds and working with the foundation. Thank you, Natalie. And for the record, if anybody had not seen Natalie dance and seen her dance moves, <laughs> I think you should be going on Dancing with the Stars. You're amazing. <laughs> but thank you for the kind compliment. I appreciate that. So just to back up just a little bit, and you're right, I was diagnosed at the age of two. And so I was born. They didn't have the newborn screening back then. And so for the first two years of my life, I lived in a world of complete silence. And then all of a sudden, I wasn't reacting or responding. So my parents took me to the doctors. And of course, they realized I had a severe loss. And so they immediately put on these uh, large hearing devices on me. I had strings coming out of my ears. And of course, attached to a big box on my belt. And for the first time in two years, I heard my dad's music. I heard my dog bark. I heard the toilet flush. I mean, all these things that we've taken so much for granted. And that's when... You know, it was a game changer uh, for me, got into the speech therapy. And you need to remember, at at this point in my life, I'm now two years behind my peers. Mm. And so that's why they wanted me to try to catch up. And when I got into school, 
it was hard. It was really, really tough. But with a lot of determination and tenacity and never giving up, I remember my mom would always read me that little tutor train that could, mm. you know, climbing up that mountain. And she would read that to me every single night. And I got so bored of that book that I had it memorized. But I, I later found out that the reason why my mom read me that story was because she knew that like many other deaf children out there, we would have our mountains to climb and we would have our challenges that we would face down the road and we would face the voices of the world the saying that you can't because your ears are broken. You, you won't be able to do this and this and that. And every time I would face that, I'd always remember that little teacher train, that voice within me that says, that, yeah, I think I can. I know you can. In fact, I know you can. Mm. And so I'm so grateful to my mom who instilled in that in me at a very young age so that when I got into school, elementary, middle school, you know, I hate to say this, but I'm going to make myself a little vulnerable and say that I was picked on, I was beat up, and I, I was bullied just mm. because I looked different. And thank goodness, you know, in today's society, I think you would agree, Natalie, that the deaf and the hard of hearing community is very more well accepted in today's culture than it was 42 years ago. Yeah. But I was. I was bullied, and, and of course, that doesn't make things right. And even though I was beaten up, I was determined not to be beaten. And that was a, an, an attitude or a mentality that I had to take with me that helped carry me throughout my life into school and whatnot. And I'll, I'll never forget, you know, talking about the academic and the, the education here, I, I barely managed to get my, my bachelor's degree, not without a fight. I mean, I, I failed so many quizzes and exams. And when I got my bachelor's degree, I was so happy. But I'll never forget a couple of years down the road later, my little brother, my younger brother, approached me and said, hey, Justin, let's go, let's go get our master's degree. And I just laughed. And I was like, no way. And I'm done. And I just never forget. He's like, you know, I'll have your back. I'll be right by your side. And I'll help you. And I said, you know what? I need all the help I can get. And remember, I'm the older brother. and I should be the smarter one. And uh, But anyway, we, to make a long story short, uh, we finished our two-year program. My younger brother finished. But for me, I had to continue for another whole year. Wow. Because I wasn't finishing or completing all my thesis or my quizzes or my exams. In fact, I'll, I'll never forget, I had to take one exam five times. Wow. I mean, talk about feeling like a failure. And, oh, my goodness. I, and I, I really did. I almost threw in the towel. But again, my little brother, he studied with me. And the greatest moment of one of the greatest moments of my life occurred when a whole year later, my little brother waited. He could have easily gone and got his diploma and walked the stage. And he waited for me oh my so that gosh. we could walk across that stage together and hand in hand. And then the greatest moment, they asked me to get the commencement speech. And it's like, you know what? Why would they ask me to get the commencement speech when I finished last place? Wow. And, and, of course, I think you could answer that, Natalie, is sometimes it's not always about finishing in first place and to become a winner. And sometimes, you know, motivation what gets us started and it's creating good, healthy, hard-working ethics, habits that keeps us going. But sometimes it's failure that mm-hmm. gets us there. And I had to fail so many times to finally get to the finish line. And I think as we relate that to everybody else out there that's listening, you know, whether something's broken in your life, whether it's your ears or something else physically or emotionally or socially, psychologically, whatever it may be, I truly believe that we do not overcome hopelessness by removing the obstacle in our lives. 
I believe that we conquer adversity by not letting it own us, control us, or even define us. And thus, that leads me to my personal motto. I may have a hearing loss, but my hearing loss does not have me. I love it. And we're in control of our destiny, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. And that's such an incredible story with your brother. I had no idea either. And I'm sure you guys have such great memories and pictures about that event too and wow I mean your parents raised you guys right that's for sure that's for sure oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah you're too kind Natalie. our, our wow. family motto is we're going to keep doing it until we get it right I love it. one of these days we'll get it right <laughs> <laughs> Here's something you might not know. NOCO FM is also a podcast network producing one-of-a-kind programming like the show you're enjoying right now. We have talk shows, original comedy, music shows curated by real people, and a lot more. So if you like what you're hearing, make NOCO FM a part of your day and tell your friends. Remember, that's www.noco.fm. have your MBA, is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. Okay. So, you know, after school, did you know that you were going to be involved in the hearing world for a while? Or what did you want to do you know, with your business degree? That's a great question, and I'm glad you brought that up. So it all started when I uh, was a Boy Scout, and uh, I wanted to be an Eagle Scout. And so in order to be an Eagle Scout, you have to do a service project that is approved by the community and by the city council and, and whatnot. And I uh, proposed a couple projects that it was actually declined. But then someone said, you know, there's a kid in the neighborhood that's very poor and he has no money, but he's just like you, Justin. He also has a very severe hearing loss and he needs some really upgraded hearing aids. And he, he's badly in need of some new hearing aids. And so I was like, you know what? That's a good idea. Why don't I go and raise some money, raise some awareness and and see if I can raise enough money to buy a new pair of hearing aids. And so I did. I got it approved, went out there, and I remember knocking on people's doors in my neighborhood, just a little 14-year-old boy just asking for some money, for a couple dollars there or $10 there, and trying to raise some money to help this kid. And I will never forget, Natalie, I brought him into my audiologist uh, clinic, his office. He came in in his boy scout uniform. He brought his mom and his dad, and, and they were just, the little boy didn't even know yet what was happening, but the mom and dad did, and they were just in tears. And I'll never forget, I, I handed him his brand-new hearing aids, and he was kind of puzzled and just, like, still didn't know. He opened up the box, and you could just see his eye just lit up like a, you know, like a Christmas tree, like on mm-hmm. Christmas morning. And the change that was wrought in his eyes and his countenance brought a change to mine. And I'm like, you know what? That is what I want to do. Yeah, I want to go and I want to pay it forward and, and and make a long story short. When my grandmother passed away, I was her favorite grandchild. <laughs> uh, she <laughs> was very passionate about helping the deaf and hard of hearing, and so I, I started a charity in honor of my grandmother. Or oh, and even before that, I was so privileged to work with the Starkey Hearing Foundation for about ten years and got to go on many of their hearing missions worldwide. And that even developed a stronger desire 
to to want to pay it forward and to help more deaf children. And so that's how we met, Natalie, is I was able to be a sponsor for one of the Starkey missions uh, in Peru. And that's where we met. And so that's really where it started, is meeting that young boy named Robert. And he just ignited the fire within me and wanted to take that to another whole new level. You know, I never became a hearing specialist or an audiologist, but I wanted to help in some small way. And I still continue to work with Starkey. I work with many other manufacturers as well. So I love it. And working with wonderful hearing ambassadors and hearing angels like yourself, it's just, I love it. It's fun. And you, you know exactly what I mean. Yeah. Well, and see, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, here you are, a 14-year-old boy who goes knocking on doors. I mean, my son is 14 years old. I'm sitting back thinking, oh, my gosh, like that was your age. And you went knocking on doors asking for funds to help somebody else. And anybody that gives back, and especially something as big as going to another country and giving back there, yes, I totally get it because you're kind of out of your element and you're kind of in this mindset of really working with these people and focusing a thousand percent of your attention to them. You do get that I feel like when you do those types of things, you get more out of it than what you're giving them, which, you know, I don't know which way is better. I really don't. But as a 14-year-old boy, you probably were just doing it because you had to do it through the Boy Scouts or the Cub Scouts. And for that to change the course of your life because you saw those eyes light up from Robert, I'm just speechless because that's all where it starts. And you were 14 years old. You were 14 years old, which is crazy. Yeah. Well, thank you, Natalie. I I think it, it reminds me of one of my favorite quotes by Pablo Picasso. He says, the meaning of life is to find your gift, but the purpose of life is to share it. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt like I found my gift at a very young age. And I know that everybody out there has a gift. Natalie, you have a beautiful gift and you're sharing it with the world. And everybody, everybody else has a gift. You just need to find it and develop it whatever it takes and then once you have it and found it and have discovered it then you need to share it with the world because that's what makes this world a better place so you've got the olive osmond hearing fund this was named after your grandmother and then you also started a hearing fund uk so tell me a little bit more about what sparked your interest and and how does it all work and how do people get involved where do you see the future for these different funds and are you going to build even more Oh, uh, well, thank you. Let me give you a little history behind it, if that's okay. And then yes, I'll just move absolutely. right into answering your question. The reason I was very close to my grandmother, Olive, and she was the matriarch of the musical Osmond family. So a lot of people don't know this, but her two oldest sons were also born with a very severe to profound hearing loss. And her doctors at that time told her not to have any more children because, you know, they thought it would be hereditary and, and genetic. Wow. But thank goodness she didn't listen to the doctors. She had seven more children. And then they lived on a very small little farm up in Ogden, Utah, northern Utah. And as you very well know, hearing aids have always been pretty expensive. And they, having a big family of nine kids, they did not have the fund. They did not have the money to purchase hearing aids for their two oldest brothers. And so what they did is they formed a barbershop quartet, which eventually became the Eisman Brothers and eventually Donnie and Marie. But what they did was they went out and performed a little bit there, a little bit there, and raised enough. They were able to raise a little bit of money and enough money to purchase hearing aid for their two deaf brothers. And that Oh, my gosh. I had no clue. 
Yeah, that's how the Osmond really got started <laughs> in the entertainment business. Oh, my God. They, they were huge advocates. And, and ever since that, we have always been hearing ambassadors or hearing advocates uh, and providing hearing health awareness. In fact, my grandmother, when my dad and my uncle were out there performing and selling 100 million records worldwide, their two older brothers were never a part of that because they had the hearing loss. But my grandmother, bless her heart, she started a charity called the Eisman Foundation, and that was primarily set up to help her two deaf sons and deaf children at that time. And as you know, there were not very many resources like there is today right. uh, in providing support in the deaf community. And so my grandmother, she started the charity, and then they got together with some other uh, inspired individuals, and they were able to uh, evolve and change the name and they wanted to help more children out there, not just the deaf community. And my Aunt Marie helping, kind of taking the lead, they changed the name to the Children's Miracle Network. No You might have way. heard of CMN Hospitals. And so we're so humbled and blessed to see where that has gone. It's now helped over, it's raised over $7 billion. Wow. Thank you. My grandmother passed away, and around that time, knowing that she was very passionate about the deaf, especially her two deaf sons. And that's when I started the charity, the Olive Osmond Hearing Fund, and to pay tribute to my grandmother, and also my two deaf uncles, mm-hmm. who are my heroes. I mean, just imagine being the brother of Donnie and Marie and not being able to sing and dance. Well, they definitely dance. I, I take that back. <laughs> so with this charity, I've been able to align with Starkey and, and so many other wonderful hearing groups out there. And I even brought my deaf uncle, uh, Verl and Tom, with me. I wish I could have brought them to Peru. Uh, you need to meet them, Natalie. But Aww. they're just amazing, wonderful human beings. And so to this day, the, the All of Osmond Hearing Fund continues to help uh, deaf children. And then you brought up the Hearing Fund UK. The reason I wanted to do something over there is England is kind of our second home. I served a mission for my church, and I learned British Sign Language, and I wow. got to meet so many wonderful deaf people out there and so i wanted to start something over there even though they have a really good health care system over there where many of the deaf people have great benefits they do get free hearing aids over there so what we do there is every year we do a big gala and we raise money to help support deaf children where we provide musical scholarships to deaf children so for example just because they can't hear as well doesn't mean they can't get involved in music mm-hmm. and so our tagline is bringing music to your ears mm. so if, they, if there's someone that wants to play the piano or the drums or if they want to dance or if they have some particular dream whatever it may be we raise funds to help build their self-esteem their self-confidence and just because their ears are just a little bit broken does not mean they can't go out there and reach their greatest dreams, whatever that may be right. so that's what we do in the uk it's much wow. different than what we do in the u.s is we inspire deaf children to be all they can be, whatever that dream is, whether it's music or education or dance or the fine arts or whatever that is. And then in the U.S., we, we focus more on helping people that cannot afford hearing aids, that don't have insurance, to cover them. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. So thank you for clarifying. And I have to clarify to our listeners, I guess the Osmond family is not a musical family. They shouldn't be known for being a musical family. They should be known for being a philanthropic family, you know, <laughs> because 
That is oh, incredible. That is incredible. And so if people are interested in like giving to the funds, is it something as simple as like going to your website or going to the hearing fund websites that I will have listed and just simply, you know, giving financially or what other kinds of things do you need to maybe help push the oh, needle forward? I appreciate that, Nelly. And I'll just throw this out there. We may be a little bit of country and maybe a little bit rock and roll, <laughs> but we're a little bit of helping people here, like you said. We love that. And we know firsthand the importance of being able to hear and not being able to hear. And, and so hearingfund.org, if you want to learn more about, we do, we do a lot of salvage hearing aids. We have a great partnership with Starkey. They're all make repair. And then we even keep a lot of the hearing aids. You'll get attacked right off and it becomes a win-win. We'll refurbish them or recondition them. And if there's some that don't need reconditioning, we can reuse them. We work with a lot of audiologists out there. We can use them again to help those that cannot afford them or that, that need that help. Another thing, if you're interested, I do a lot of motivational speaking. I, I love being an advocate and raising hearing health awareness and sharing stories and things like that. And I always say I'm a motivational speaker with a deaf accent. <laughs> <laughs> So more information on that, you can go to justinosman.com. But you're right, my biggest passion is helping people here. But if I can help, if you need someone to come in, if you're looking for a keynote speaker, I would love to be a part of that as well. Perfect. And to help support your mission, whatever that may be. Nice. Okay, so just as a review, so people can donate funds, they can donate their hearing aids, is that correct? That is absolutely correct. Okay, awesome. Because we are a nonprofit, they would get a tax write-off. Nice, okay. And which is good for me to know for my office as well. And you also work with audiologists maybe in different towns. And, and if you have somebody that's looking for maybe a hearing aid, would they be able to contact somebody off of your website to find out if they yep. would be able to obtain hearing aids through your fund? In fact, to make it even go quicker, we have an application online. They can just fill that out. They can work with their local hearing specialist. It doesn't have to be an audiologist. It can just be someone that dispenses hearing aids. But, I mean, whoever they work with, whoever they're comfortable with, they can work with the local audiologist as they work with us. And we'll make sure if we get the application, we have a a review committee. They'll look through the, the application. If they qualify, then we will work directly with their hearing specialist that they want to work with. And we'll work with that process. Awesome. This is really good to know for me, just as an audiologist here in town, but for others to learn about it through the podcast as well. So I also wanted to ask you, through all of your speaking engagements, and you're an author as well as a motivational speaker, so let's put that out there in your book, but through all the traveling and the meeting people and the giving back, what might be one or a few stories that are memorable to you that maybe have impacted you through giving back? You know, there's so many stories out there, but I think there's one that comes to my mind. There was a little boy, this little boy, oh my goodness, I was able to get it on. Many of you have seen videos out there when these little kids here for the first time. I was able to get this on my little camera that someone was holding for me. And it just, this little boy, oh my goodness, it's just, so remember, the first time I heard as a little boy was when I was two years old. And I have a hard time remembering that because that's a long mm-hmm. time ago. But when I saw this little boy light up, I kind of had a little flashback. And I just like, you know what? This little boy reminds me of when I was two years old. 
and I was able to hear my mom voice for my first time and, and to hear the dog bark and all those amazing things that we take so much for granted. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget the the dad and the mom came up to me with just tears in their eyes. And again, Natalie, I know you know what I'm talking about because we've been there so many times too. Many of you out there that have been on those human humanitarian missions know exactly what I'm talking about. But this this mom turned to me and uh, with just love in her in her eyes, she asked if I could take her son back to the United States of America, oh. not because she wanted to get rid of him, but because she now knew that she could have a better life now that he's here, that all these doors were now opening in front of her eyes that she could never give to her son and want him to have a better opportunity at life. And, and it just oh. killed me because I know I, I, I couldn't take him with me. But then the mom and dad, they said something that I will never forget. And this is something I would love to leave with everybody listening to this. He said something along the lines that, I hope you never measure your life by the days you have lived, but by the smile you leave behind. And thank you for putting a smile on my son's face. And I I like to call it a better hearing smile. And that's what we do. And you as an audiologist, as a hearing specialist, all of you people out there, may you never forget that when you put on those hearing devices, on every one of those patients that you fit, you are literally leaving a better hearing smile behind oh my gosh i love that i'm like having goosebumps like the whole time we're talking wow wow Uh, i don't think the audiologists and the hearing specialists out there get themselves enough credit i mean i am a direct recipient of that of all the wonderful work to do if it wasn't for my hearing specialist and my audiologist and my speech language pathologist i mean i love and adore and respect you guys so much we need more bridge builders like you guys out there. Um, if I didn't have people like you guys in my life, I would not be where I am today. Oh. And in, in my book, uh, Hearing With My Heart, it talks a lot about that. It talks a lot about heroes, or I call them heroes, in my life. That, I mean, on behalf of all the deaf and the heart of hearing people out there, thank you for giving us a better quality of life. I mean, you guys are the Ann Sullivan of our life. Oh, I mean, wow. You're helping us. Like Helen Keller, be better people. So thank you. Well, and you're doing it too. I mean, you're giving back in that way too. And I'm sitting here thinking, this is a podcast. It's an audio only, like we're not on video talking to each other. You're doing it. You're on a podcast talking and you're going to be able to listen to this back, which you might not have been able to do, which is crazy to even think about. I have one last question for you, putting it back on you because you're such an amazing, amazing person. And oh my gosh, you and Christy and your two little ones, your family is just so beautiful. And the stories behind your family and from you, from Justin Osmond, what is one piece of advice that you can share with our listeners on how other people can make the world a better place? Thank you. You know, we need to stop being heroes and be doers. I think everybody has been impacted or touched in one way or another, and we need to pay that forward. And I think that's what makes this world a better place. My personal motto, I got that from one of my uncles who has MS, and his motto was, I may have MS, 
but MS does not have me. Mm. And so I was like, you know what? That is so powerful. I'm going to embed that into my own life. I may have a hearing loss, but my hearing loss does not have me. And so I believe that everybody out there has something, some physical, mental, psychological, whatever it may be, challenge that they're facing right now. And if we can learn to apply that into our own lives and say, you know what, I have a particular challenge that I'm going through right now, but I'm not going to let that challenge, whatever it may be, have me. And I believe that that mentality teaches us that we can control the quality of our lives just by how we think and act towards those challenges. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Yes. Fill in the blank. I want everybody to fill in the blank like what Justin said. And that is so, so true. And I I love, I love that. I love you, Justin. Oh, my gosh. This is amazing. Uh, well, I love you, too, Natalie. And seriously, you're doing it, too, my friend. I, I appreciate all the good you're doing. And let's go on another mission together. Huh? Yes, I think we should. I think we should. We need to make sure that your babies get old enough so that they can go, too. You know, and let's get Christy back out there again. And, oh, my gosh, wouldn't that be so much fun? It is. You're a blast. You're, you're, you're the type <laughs> of person that you're, you're like a magnet. Everybody just wants to be with you, Natalie. Your attitude and your optimism is so contagious. And so, so thank you. Oh, well, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Natalie. We'll look forward to seeing you down the road. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to Connecting a Better World, and thank you, NOCO FM, for supporting this show. If you haven't heard, NOCO FM is dedicated to bring diverse voices and spotlighting a unique culture to Fort Collins and beyond. For more information, please visit www.noco.fm. If you connected to something in this episode, we would love to hear from you. Our contact info will be listed in the show notes, as well as you can reach us on our social media channels. Please feel free to share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. For more shows, please tune in to noco.fm online. This has been a production of NOCO-FM.